This week on Retronauts, I'm removed from the building by security. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Wow. That's why I didn't want oh. to rehearse that ahead of time. Darn. Oh, that's the best MJ <laughs> <Yes>. ever. <laughs> that doesn't happen hi everybody it's me uh your host of retronauts for episode 59 today's topic is the future of the past and today's episode is actually the last one i'll be doing for ign and um i didn't want to do like a farewell like tearful tribute because i sort of already did that i did a sappy like best of episode it was episode 50 of retronauts live so if you want a sappy tearful goodbye listen to that and just pretend it ended in like july <laughs> that's my advice right it's a darker timeline, but it has this a more just, fitting end. This is going to be the contractual obligation clip show. That's true. <laughs> uh, so now somebody has to lock the door. We need to tell stories about old retronauts. Or somebody needs to bar the door, right. rather. So let's talk. Uh, who's here today with me? Uh, who's to my left? Let's go this way. I'm Ray Barnholt. Closer, closer to you than ever. Who are you, Ray? Thanks for being so close to me in this time of need. <laughs> uh, who am I? Yeah. I guess I'm a retronauts veteran. Nice. Mm. That's that's who I've gathered here. Who else do we have? I mean, you, you guys probably know, but I want I want some formal introductions. I'm I'm Chris Kohler. I'm another veteran of the of the console wars. That's true. And of this podcast, <laughs> you've got your uh, purple heart. And I'm editor of Game Life at Wired. And you have a podcast? Is that true? We do have a podcast. What's we the name podcast. of that podcast, Chris? It's, it's it's called the Game Life Podcast. Nice. I like we're, I like it. We're not good at branding. Kept it simple. <laughs> who else do I have? Who am I? Yes. Two four six one nine. No wait, uh, I'm Jeremy. What was Irish. that a reference to? Les Mis. Oh. oh yeah anyway i've got so, a that's a hole in my victor hugo it was knowledge. scratching somewhere in the back of my brain and i'm like what there you go I, should i have sung it yes <laughs> uh hi i'm jeremy <laughs> Parrish, and i used to be the editor-in-chief of oneup.com now you've got some fancy title i don't have a title what's your title now executive editor okay i'm uh king of uh the world hmm. yay because i can make up my own titles so nice. this week we're gonna be talking about the future are you a, a fungineer um no because i think that means someone else owns all my ideas oh, and i don't want to do bad. that <laughs> so yes today i said we're going to be talking about the future of the past and what that means is um basically this gen did a lot for classic gaming more than i expected actually going into it and we're going to see what's going to happen to classic gaming as uh future consoles seem less and less at least in my opinion uh like a viable platform for these sort of sort of uh virtual consoles that we've enjoyed in the past and you guys are welcome to disagree with me when we get to the topic but i'm first, going to but first we're going to be talking about some retro releases because a few things have happened since the last podcast, which I believe was in early February. And it's always nice to talk about classic games being re-released because that doesn't happen that much anymore. So um, on the Wii U for the princely sum of 30 cents, we have hey. F- F-Zero, 
Who's got who's downloaded that? Anybody yet? I bought that. Well, okay. I did, but I haven't I haven't tried it yet. They're thirty cents. Right. Right. You just you just buy it. it. You don't yeah. you, you don't need to play. Well, it. I mean, you just, you just make sure you get it. It's possible to have forgotten it, and mm. uh, I should probably say that um, I, I think this podcast will go out before this happens, but it's available until the twenty first yeah. of um, March. And here's the thing: so what they didn't really make clear when they first announced this uh, promotion, they said, "Oh, you know, in January, Balloon Fight will come out, and it'll be thirty cents, and then in February, F Zero will come out, it'll be thirty cents, and then it says at the end of the promotional period, they will revert back to their." their original price of you know 4.99 okay um but i don't actually know if those are still there on the store right now even for 4.99 so oh yeah you mm. should you should try to get them during the right like like you yeah. said chris there's no reason not to i mean right if, you, if it just, just makes em. you feel better to have that one slot film on your home screen it costs 30 cents why not yeah. right um <laughs> I need but, things uh, on that home screen. And if you buy enough things, maybe Nintendo will actually let us make folders on our Wii U home Ooh, screens. Ooh, yeah, if yeah, only. Let's not get crazy. Something that bothered me, and I messed up I messed up personally on, on buying this game in some way, but I was mad that I couldn't apply my Wii store points to this purchase. Two different wallets. I hate all those currencies. Yeah. Ah. Also, for some reason, maybe I just misread the screen, but I, I thought that I had to buy $10 worth of Wii points to just buy the 30-cent game, but apparently you can just buy the 30-cent game. They finally they <laughs> finally implemented that on the That's 3DS, one where you can actually uh, you yeah, you can, can you just can pay, the pay the exact amount. Was yeah. that always there? Because it, no. I, I swear to God, it wasn't there when I did uh, Balloon Fight. Oh, no. on the Wii U, I think yeah. it was okay, always I, there. I, just, I might have missed that. Next time, I'll look closer. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, 10 what, you, bucks? You when mean you... the Nintendo's interface on the Wii U oh, yeah, is, yeah. is when you, when you go to When you go to add credit if you want to if you go in and try to purchase something through the the item itself and it says you don't have enough money in your about in your wallet do you want to add more and then it'll give you like ten dollars twenty dollars fifty dollars at the very bottom it'll say like make up the balance or make up the difference or okay whatever. it could have been me just being like oh nintendo's nintendo's being cynical they're offering you a 30 cent game just to get 10 bucks dumped into their bank account. oh no no, no i thought they, maybe that was it so i just went with it but yeah now, now i know better so that let's... yeah that would have been a <laughs> yeah <laughs> that would have been a real yeah this definitely like, does sound like the old man podcast now yeah <laughs> uh, these digital whatevers okay so what do we have on 3ds 214 february 14th we had dig dug uh yay hmm. i mean i guess <clears throat> nothing wrong with nothing wrong with dig dug it's a game yeah that exists as we, as we can see uh nintendo's not really putting their full uh force behind any sort of virtual console or we, really any force whatsoever yeah that's true well, Nintendo and, um, themselves wait, might be putting the most again, force. you mean to say that Nintendo <laughs> is not putting their full weight behind? Um, I, there was a little bit of uh, sarcasm in my in my in that comment. Oh, I'm oh, okay. sorry if it didn't come through. I know this is audio, but um, let's let's move on to our next release. Uh, it's coming out the 14th. Mega Man Three. Mm-hmm. Was it? Was there really a one month? break between I, virtual console I games? looked at the Wikipedia for uh, for Virtual Console 3DS games, and oh, there well, if Wikipedia there truly it. is a one month break. And I've and I've checked that constantly, and they're always updated on. Uh, and I guess there's going to be a new Mega Man game every month after that. So okay. uh, four, five, six. Yeah, and then well, eventually they, we'll get they, the... they said they were going to do that on Wii, and then they uh, stopped somewhere around okay. Mega Man Four. So don't yeah. don't complete. Well, I mean, who's who's losing in that? Don't count your Mega Mans. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. you're right. Six but... is really good. Six isn't bad. Five yeah. is kind of meh. Um, so here's the thing about Mega Man Three. It's probably the last Mega Man game you're going to want to buy on Virtual Console. Because after this, they add the charge shot, yeah. the Mega Buster, and because of the way the A, B <gasps> buttons are arranged, I, I downloaded the uh, the Japanese version of Mega Man 4, and it freaking sucks uh. to try to run and jump and hold down the, uh, the, you know, the Mega Buster charge shot 
with the uh, the buttons being laid out the way they are, the A button is higher than the B button, and you can't remap to make you know to that's like not cool. X and B serve as A and B or B and A, and uh, it really sucks. Like that game is not fun to play, and mm. I, you know I, I'm not a huge fan of Mega Man Four anyway, but yeah, just the the way the buttons are arranged and the the design of of the uh, the virtual console mm-hmm. shell. What really sucks. Well, well, be oh. careful what you wish for. People told Nintendo to add button configuration to virtual console titles, but they didn't specify what platform. Oh, so they right. added so, it to the Game Wii Gear. U. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, that's true. Game Gear, right? Right. Yeah. Well, Game Gear is amazing. Like the Game Gear emulation on 3DS is amazing because it's by M2, who actually does good work and knows what they're doing. Hmm. And um, unfortunately, we've gotten four Game Gear games, which were all released <laughs> the same week last year. Actually, there uh, might have been, I think there was one since then. Is that they, right? I think there might have yeah. been one. There was like some Sonic game that I don't right. care about. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the uh, worst Sonic game. Yeah, but, but that's it. Was that Sonic Labyrinth? Sorry, like, I had They have this amazing uh, Game Gear emulator, and there are some good games on Game Gear that are, are worth bringing over. And yet, we don't have them. Ninja Gaiden? Yeah. Yeah. Shining, the shining, shining Force? Ninja right. Gaiden? There's a Ninja Gaiden in the Game Gear. Uh, is it Sonic. like the uh, the arcade version? It's the Master System version. No, okay. they're all original. Oh, no. oh excuse me. All the me. Sega ones are original. That's right. Yeah. The Master System and the Game Gear versions are different. Aren't right. They? Yeah. Yep. What I don't like about Mega Man 4 and beyond, not that the chart shot ruins anything mechanically for me, but the fact that you're always covering up that good music with that <laughs> noise. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, it doesn't just cover up the music. It actually removes yeah. an audio channel. It like, replaces like a sound yeah. channel, so you miss like the fidelity of the four awesome <laughs> NES sound yep. channels. So yeah, thanks, Capcom. So enjoy that, Mega Man Three. More like Crapcom. Right. <laughs> oh my God. No one burn. is. You need to like trademark. That. I should. Mm. It's never been said before. So it looks like Capcom Arcade. Uh, sorry, Capcom is. Oh yeah. Looking to best uh, sort of Microsoft's weird effort by their Capcom Arcade cabinet, which is a little weird. Um, apparently they're releasing. <laughs> I bested Microsoft <laughs> Game Room in the bathroom this morning. <laughs> wow. While reading the newspaper. Okay. Oh, I need to goodness. know about that. <laughs> I like I like I like what you're going for there, Chris. But this one is um, they're releasing games in packs of three, mm-hmm. and uh, the first one you can get for five five bucks and or four hundred Microsoft points, and that includes mm-hmm. Black Tiger, 1943, and Avenger. And if you want to wait until the, all the games are released, I guess you can buy them all in a package for twenty nine ninety nine. But if you buy them all um, as they come out, I think it's like forty two or forty five dollars. So um, hmm. they make a compelling case to wait. Yeah, yeah. They do. especially it, by releasing the crap ones first. Yeah, yeah. It seems they like make it really easy for you. In every pack, there's one game you probably want, and two you could probably kind of just. I mean, game pack yep. two is Ghosts and Goblins, Gunsmoke, and Section Z. But Section Z is not bad. Right. It's all like uh, pre CPS games. Right. So there's no like Street Fighter stuff. But Street the thing Fighter is, two, I. Though. You can you. I mean, they're not the same platform, but you can download the Capcom Classics Reloaded and uh, re mastered right. or whatever the hell for psp and mm-hmm. put those on vita and they look great and they yeah. play great and they're like super configurable yeah and i have no I, no desire to ever buy those games in another format again because i've got pretty much the, defi- the I, definitive version on my vita i don't want to complain about what seems like somewhat fair prices for these games but the fact that they've been re-released in like compilations more than once makes me feel like this is not the best deal maybe not yeah. the best uh, format for these but if hey if you want to play these games in packs you can either wait until the end of may or just buy them as they come out if that's what you want to do well i'll say this it's also an m2 production so oh, oh yeah oh, yeah oh so wow. that that does kind of knock kick up my right. interest a notch yeah so if there's if there's a game you want to play that's part of these packs, I'm sure I'm too to define job with porting it. I'm sure there's a zillion options you'll never use, but they'll be there. You know, <laughs> like with the Monster World Four. Did they do that? Yeah. Monster. Okay, yeah. yeah. Maybe they'll have like the complete uh, Strider manga built in as a bonus for Strider uh, with with an English localization. Okay, now I'm just a true story uh-huh. of that one guy who died that I forget the story of. Kane and Matic. Is that what? 
Yes. I'm talking about a real person. Strider Maddock. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you were talking about like the, the very important canonical story oh, of no. Strider. I'm thinking of the, the story. Manga is, the manga is based on the plot line of the NES game. And, uh, oh. Uh, yeah, anyway. I was thinking of a real guy who died while working on the game, and there's oh, some story about that's it. A, is that, is that's that a urban legend? Yeah. Okay. I thought conjecture. so. You kids and your creepy pastas and whatnot. I'll <laughs> never get really it. creepy. <laughs> so what do we have on PSN? Weirdly enough, I can't believe this is the first time this game has been released on PSN. Maybe it was a typo, but Twisted Metal? Hmm. Like that came out on the twelfth of uh, February, so way to go if you want to play Twisted Metal Are you One. Sure, it's not the new one. No, I did check. Okay, okay, I did check. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> why did I not hear about uh, that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I... you're right. They have had only two on there. Yeah. When you say the twelfth of March, uh, it was the twelfth of February. I'm oh. going over what I missed since the last podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But and we were also... talking about the amazing March twelfth releases for PSN, right? Uh, which ones were those? Oh, the ones from Gung Ho? Oh yeah, oh. I didn't put that on here because that wasn't that wasn't uh, was that news yet? I think I just heard it through you. Yeah, yeah, okay. it was it was announced by PlayStation Blog this the police, morning. Uh, what was it like? Some weird dating God. sim? It's I don't like, even remember. Sentimental, sentimental, sentimental graffiti yeah. is on there. It's on there. Um, it's, a, it's a bunch of games that are a, like super super dense Japanese text. There's a mahjong game. There's a RPG uh, that is based off Alice in Wonderland. Okay, no um, Wizard of Oz. Oh, Wizard oh, of Oz. Yeah, Wizard yeah. of Oz. Excuse me. That's right. Um, and and there's it's like six games all told, but every single one of them is is a role playing game with like super 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 dense uh, Japanese text. Best and they are they are not localized. Back when no. uh, Gungho did this in like what November or December with six right. games, they just some, they seem like mm-hmm. really really odd choices. A few of them were good though, like Xanic or whatever. Xanic mm-hmm. cross Xanic. Yeah, that that was the best one out of those. So yeah, I did, um, I did a write JC, up on those. J C Fletcher from Tiny Cartridge pointed out the fact that all all of these games are. Uh, were published by companies that Gung Ho has acquired. Okay. So apparently they're just things they have in their catalog, and they're yep. like, well, we might as well just dump on all, dump them on Americans and make some money. I have to Sounds wonder what to the uh, what the <laughs> price is for submitting something to Sony's store if they can. I think make the price has gone down. Okay. Like, way down. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't see more uh, than I don't know. And yeah. Sony has clearly taken out any sort of requirements, any sort of requirements whatsoever. Yeah. Just the game just has to function, I guess. Right. Yeah, that's but, true. But to me, well, I don't know. This kind of gets into the whole future of the past sort of thing. Maybe mm. we can save this discussion for later. But just the the sort of, I see the end of life coming for PS1 and any kind of classic compilation or classic release on PlayStation. Okay. Uh, we, can, we can talk yeah, about that Yeah, please hold, but... hold that thought. I definitely want to hear more about it. But other releases, we talked about this on the last podcast we recorded like 10 minutes ago. But uh, Persona, 2, Persona 2 Eternal Punishment, the PlayStation 1 version... Uh, that came out on the 26th of February, so you can play that. And it's, I guess it's Atlas's apology for not bringing over the PSP remake. It's of not that so game. much an apology as the fact that there were some technical problems that prevented them from bringing the PSP game. I don't know how much I can talk about this, but I, I heard about this like a year ago. Mm-hmm. And they, one of their PR guys was like, yeah, don't get your hopes up for that one. And um, so basically, this is their way of working around that. They wanted to give uh you know their fans the entire persona series and make it all available on on psp or ps vita or however you want to play it and uh that wasn't possible with the psp remake of of eternal punishment so fortunately that game had been localized in you know like 2000 yeah and they you know got that over and released it as a ps1 now it's ten dollars yeah that's the cheapest it's ever been ever yeah. <laughs> ever i mean ever. that game sells for like 70 or 80 dollars yeah. now so it's it's a really good deal and there is a, a little bit of um like inconsistency with some of the naming uh that was back when they hadn't quite embraced you know just straight japanese authenticity but at the same time the characters weren't as widely wildly changed as they were in persona one so 
there are a few little inconsistencies, but you can almost always figure them out. It's like, I, I can't remember any of the examples. Ray, Ray do you know? No, but oh. yeah. But in but general, it's like, like the writing's better too. I mean, compared to Persona 1, yeah. the oh, original yeah. Persona 1. <laughs> yeah, they don't have any characters who mysteriously change races or anything like that. <laughs> right. But I mean, any any name that you saw in Japanese and you know the, the recent localization of uh, Innocent Sin, mm-hmm. you can see that character and their name will be... <laughs> a pretty similar Americanized name. It's not like a huge stretch. Her name was Makoto. Now it's Kirsten. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing like that. It'd be more like Makoto. And now her name is, I don't know. That's well, a really, Michaela. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. yeah. There you go. I save. Anyway. So, so I think it was actually really cool of Atlas to do that because, you know, mm-hmm. or at least Atlas USA, because they kind of had their hands tied. And um, this was them putting out an effort to do as best as they could by their I like hands. them. Yeah, it's cool of Atlas USA to do this. It's uh, shitty of Atlas Japan to, in 2012, uh, make a Japanese game where it's like, oh, we can't translate it into well, English because, you see, we had technical issues. Um, it was more a problem of, like, 1999-2000. Oh, is that when, when did the PSP remake come out? No, no, no. The, the problem wasn't really with the PSP game oh oh, okay then it's problems dating back with the the software quite a while weird uh yeah whatever you can you can ask someone yeah you can ask ask someone at atlas about it we know to talk to they'll tell you about it so our last uh, retro release is uh it happened on steam of all places which is becoming a cool pretty cool place for this series ease one and two chronicles came out on the 14th Mm -hmm. and uh i don't know that's that's sort of like my favorite version of these games that's how the retro appeal of the um pg-16 version I don't know. Have you guys played this one? I think these these games are I think I think they're from like 2006 or 2007. From the, they came out on the PC back then. Yeah, and they've only just been trans, they've only just been translated. 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 <laughs> all the characters are from Tron now. There's Jeff Bridges <laughs> and uh, Bruce Boxleitner, and uh, they're all there. Uh, have has anyone, has anyone played this? Jeremy. Sorry, which game was that? Uh, Ease One and Two Chronicles, the nope. PC version. It's pretty. It's very pretty. Do you Is still it? just run into things, or do you I actually hit them? I think <laughs> they changed that. I think, you think they. Changed I'm pretty sure it. they no, did. No, no, they did. They did. They did. Oh. Okay. I yeah. think. I think actually, there's a toggle. You can go back to the football, old way, football mode, or yeah, or have actually have animations. So those were your retro releases for uh, the in recent times. That's a lot. Yes. So let's move on to our final piece of listener mail. Um, I don't know. Look on the yeah. back. On the back. Oh no, no other back. Yes. Oh yeah, back. that's a couch. Okay. Oh yeah, this story's about a couch. I can tell you. I can tell okay. you more about it in a second. Let's not do... Are you gonna do a dramatic reading? <laughs> no. <laughs> this is a um, long letter. British accent reading. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get through it pretty quick. It's a good story though. This is from Michael B. And he writes. Um, da, 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 wait a minute. I'll he edit wrote, this out. Da, 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 wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very it's strange letter. Okay, oh. here we go. Michael B. writes, When I was 17, I broke my hand over Toshinden 2. You had to beat the game without dying in order to unlock Vermilion, the gun-toting secret boss. I didn't love the game, but I felt intrigued by the character. I got the game and unlocked him shortly before I was supposed to go to my friend's house, so I saved and brought it with me. The game didn't save for whatever reason, and when I got to my friend's house, I was lacking a Vermilion. Frustrated, I fought my way up to him again and suffered an embarrassing defeat. Vermilion destroyed me in front of everyone. I was overtaken with the sudden urge to punch the closest thing next to me, which was a sofa. So I did. I punched the sofa. Except instead of hitting the soft part of the sofa, i.e. the cushions, I hit the hard part, i.e. the front support rail. I heard a loud, brutal crunch, and then my ears rang for about a minute. My hand was all busted up, I was nauseous and embarrassed, and that damn game was sitting there taunting me. 
Over time, I developed a mild arthritis in my hand because it never healed properly. Ouch, sorry, dude. When I feel that discomfort, I stare at my hand and remember that fateful night, the night I broke my bones over a game that was mediocre on its best day. So his question is for us, do you have any game rage stories? I'd love to hear from you and the other Retronauts. Uh, he asked about Cat. Cat is not here, but he wants to know, did Cat Bailey ever lose it over a game of Street Fighter? If you already discussed game rage stories and I missed it, I apologize. And he just wants to know if we've ever raged like he did. I'm sorry, but that sounds painful. Like I winced when I read that. I've had moments of extreme pain where it's like your 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 ears are drowned out by the sound of your brain screaming, you know. <laughs> I can't I, I quite frankly I can't play games without punching something. It's kind of difficult for me to narrow it down. Chris's hands are just Does like Regina withered. know about this? I'm, what? Does Regina know about this? She 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 uh, moves to another room. Yeah, exactly. Chris's hands are very lumpy and like just gnarled from all the couch punching he's been doing lately. Yeah, you guys totally. can't see it, it's pretty gross. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's I like think, old tree stumps. I feel that we're mostly like calm and deadpan guys, so it's hard yeah. to uh yeah. I mean, I I used to bite my controllers when I was little. Wow. When I got mad, I was like Arr! teething. Yeah, so they're like little little tooth molar marks in my NES controller. Yeah, I know about you guys. Did that. They had to go through quite a few replacements. Oh my god, you just like <laughs> rip, bit right through them. Uh yeah. You know, I, I would also bite mangled. them to make sure they were real, but that's another thing. <laughs> um, so so no one, none of us have ever raged. I have a uh, I have a powerful angry inside of me, but um, I don't I don't let it out. I'm saving it up until I turn 40, and then I'm going to kill someone. <laughs> going to go Super Saiyan. It's not that long from now. Ooh. You guys better be careful. Countdown. Um, no, I, um, I, I, I tr tend not to express a lot of anger about a video game because it's just a video game, but I will say that my now wife, at the time girlfriend, was pretty nervous when I was playing Ultimate Ghost and Goblins because they kept <laughs> just like... I was I was really angry at that game the entire time. I've, I don't I don't yeah. think she thought I was going to like take it out on her or anything, but it just wasn't what she expected. She was like, "I've never seen you angry before, and you're very very angry." Mm. So keep that away from Jeremy. But to be fair, Ultimate Ghost and Goblin. Exactly. <laughs> um, even the even the, the you know Job Job himself would have uh, would have just been like, like "Fuck is, you, he, God!" This is too much. He would have, um, he would have I, just said, "Give me more boils, please." Yeah, I could deal with the leprosy, no, I, but not this. I like you. I mean, I've I you know past past. Uh, my my teenage years um i i just i just curse out games now mm -hmm. i just tell the game to go fuck itself i'm more likely to just <laughs> shut shut something off and just be like i i just killed you <laughs> it's like you no longer exist in my life anymore yeah. for for now anyways or i'll punch myself in the thigh and be like that was really dumb why did i hit myself like that <laughs> yeah you yeah, yourself yeah. it's the video game yeah, yeah i need game. to I should, I should be punching couch support rails the developer <laughs> so thank you for writing in michael and that was uh your mail don't write in because no one will get it and you might get fined by the post office. I don't know. I don't Here's know. You can, you can send it to me. You might send it to Jeremy, but um, what's he gonna do with it? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll use it as I don't know, kindling, bedding. Yeah. Nice. Oh, okay. <laughs> for when he makes his nest for the winter. Exactly. So it's coming. topic which i'm calling the future of the past so on episode six and that's yes episode six of the original retronauts which is uh, back in 2006 for god, god's sake Christ. jeremy <laughs> and the crew uh and i believe ray was there maybe not uh discussed the brave new world of downloading emulated games via your it's, console it's to tell on those old podcasts <laughs> uh, if ray was there the ghost of ray was haunting the background <laughs> um 
So I basically want to talk about what, you know, like I said in the beginning of the show, what has this generation done for classic gaming via emulation? Um, because that's sort of like a new thing for consoles, at least in a, in a like a legitimate basis, a legitimate format. Um, also, where do backwards compatibility go? And do we always have to complain about virtual console and retronauts? That's a yes, but uh, <laughs> we always do. So I kind of want to do this like one platform at a time. And then we can have our discussion of the future. So let's talk about uh, the Wii. So, I mean, this, I mean, I feel like the original Retronauts was built around the Wii releasing uh, virtual console games. It kind of was. I mean, it, it seemed like that, that was, was such a huge thing at the time. Yeah. I and mean, it was, it was this massive, like every week you would knew that there were going to be three to five classic games being released mm. on Wii. That sounds so weird now. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, for the first year and a half or so, they were really, <laughs> really consistent about and it. And nobody else was... Nobody else was doing it. Right. It was like, well, one, people, no people one else had, had done... the legacy to do that. I yes. mean, Sony had two generations of, of consoles before that, but they didn't really own that many of their own properties. Right. And uh, they didn't have the partnerships that, that Nintendo does. Well, like Nintendo, I mean, you know. To be true, um, although Sony did, uh, you know, I mean, the whole Ridge Racer. I yeah. mean, that was Sony announcing uh -huh. that you'd be able to play old PlayStation 1 games on the PlayStation 3. And which people took, got so Which took it a very, very long time to ramp up. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't a priority for them as it actually was uh, but for those beautiful first couple of years for right Nintendo. Off, right off the bat for Nintendo, I was just looking at the original release releases for Virtual Console. It was like... I don't know. Not every oh, the Nintendo first game. Was like fourteen oh, games. No. Yeah, it was just like uh, you could play. You could you could buy a Wii and then download Mario Brothers and Legends Zelda and Sonic the Hedgehog like on the same day, right? I mean, basically, or the, or the no, same month. No, you couldn't. Well, yeah. Well, what actually happened that first month or the first uh, when when they launched Wii um, in 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 this this of course started this sort of pattern of inequality where in Japan they launched with a lot of really strong titles right off the bat, and in the U.S. they dumped all the garbage onto Virtual Console first. Mm. So they had a couple of games like I think Mario sixty four might have been there. At Launch. Yeah, that was an early game. Um, but then the rest of it was like Urban Champion, Donkey Kong Jr., Math, uh, Solomon's base, Key, Baseball, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. They, they, they know, took uh... all the crap and dumped it out day one, and, right. and they held back, even Super Mario Brothers, they held back Super Mario Brothers for Christmas Day. Okay, that's right, yeah. But, I mean, within that first month, and I mean, remember, the uh, no one really had a Wii except for, like, I don't know, a select number of people. But by, by the time you got a Wii... Which would maybe be like in two thousand seven. You can get a Wii and you can download a lot of great games like almost immediately. Yeah, um, and that's that's where I think the Nintendo had this. I, I don't know. At least in the podcast that I listened to from like seven years ago, Nintendo had the strongest like foot coming out of the gate. Um, at least mm -hmm. it seemed like it. Nintendo also had more ground to make up at the time because the GameCube had been so weak and the Game Boy Advance had kind of petered out. Right, and the the DS was just barely starting to to pick up. Mm -hmm. But um. Yeah, I mean, it was one, it was it was kind of their like, hey, look, here's something for Wii. Mm. You want to buy this system, right? Because you can play all the games you love. And they really were pushing that hard. But it was also them exploring a new business model because a few years before the the Wii launch, they were just giving away classic games as bonuses on Animal Crossing. Right. Mm -hmm. and like that, you, that... Could, you could unlock <laughs> right. almost the entire first party NES catalog, and... you know, the, the early stuff anyway, yeah. as, as freebies on Animal Crossing. And at some point they realized... Well, maybe we should try to make money off of these. Well, and they initially did that by giving you little paper cards that you slid yeah, I was gonna in mention your the e Game Boy right? Advance e-reader, which yeah. was stupid. That was like yeah. QR was cards of the Stone Age. Oh, it was, and I bought it. It was a, it was I a clever it. idea. It was stupid, but I bought it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, Virtual Console was definitely a step in the right direction. And you're missing not... no, you're missing oh. Famicom Mini. You're I was going to mention right. that. Go yeah. for it. Chris. I mean, that yeah. was when Nintendo released the Famicom Mini games in Japan, which were Game Boy Advance. It was just a Famicom ROM on a Game Boy Advance cartridge. It was sold for like twenty bucks. Um, but they they released them as a. If you were here in the United States, you know, and you just bought the classic NES Game Boy Advance games, which were just sort of just in a regular box, and there was nothing special around them. Famicom Mini were this really really cool collector's item in two thousand. Yeah, they came in the acetate boxes. They and... came in clear boxes. With Famicom little tiny system replica games boxes yellow. inside. Yeah, the Famicom Disk System games were yellow cartridges, and then you could get uh, by registering. If you, all you have to do is register them all with Club Nintendo, and they would send you a wonderful like collector's box to uh, put them all in, which are now kind of high price collector's right, items in right. themselves. Um, and they were a huge hit such a huge hit and that actually the Famicom Mini stuff in Japan that was the genesis of the the revival of interest in retro gaming yeah, in Japan that's right. um, and so Nintendo for doing Virtual Console and we actually had serious precedent uh, that this was something because remember before Famicom Mini there was it, there was just no there was there was a question as to whether or not or there's no idea whether or not people were actually going to buy these old games again or whether or not there was going to be an interest you know, in things beyond just like Super Mario Brothers, you know, were they going to buy, um, you know, uh, uh, whatever, Nazo no Murasame Joe, right. you know, it's like, yeah. are they going to actually go out and purchase that game again? They did. And so, and so, <laughs> 20 bucks virtual, a pop. So, with Virtual Console in Japan, Nintendo actually knew there was a market for this kind of stuff. Yeah. And it was a big, it was a sort of a big feature of the Wii because remember when they were launching the Wii, Nintendo, they didn't know what about the Wii was going to catch on with people, if anything. So, they were kind of throwing a lot of stuff at the wall and, um, they didn't necessarily know that, like, Wii Sports motion control was going to hit it big. You know, they didn't know if it was going to be that, if it was going to be, you know, first-person shooters, Metroid, if it was going to be games just played with the standard, you know. That's why they had that classic controller on the Wii, not for not necessarily just for classic games, but for everything. Right. Um, because they were just like, what if people really just want to play games with this thing and the motion controller, we have to pull it away? And And that's when they started pulling back on Virtual Console on the Wii. That's when they, because they had... They had a huge success with a certain type of product, and they just put all of their resources into right into that. And that's that's sort of where things went wrong. And I don't know if there if we were time travelers, like if we could fix this in any way. But could they have done it? Uh, could they have done a better job? Like I mean, like as a business, I, I understand they want to make the most money out of you know their popular products. But could they have done a better job with Virtual Console? I mean. Now, I they mean, could the, have the answer is it in any way whatsoever. The answer, yep. the answer is yes, but I'm I'm looking for like like solutions like that. I mean, like promotion, well, obviously. So, oh, sure. so one of the big problems with Virtual Console and really all of Nintendo's online efforts is that they did nothing whatsoever to promote them, and there was no real discovery. There was no real opportunity to, um, you know, for the casual user of the Wii, which let's face it, was the the bulk of the audience. Mm-hmm. You know, the people who would want to play Super Mario Brothers again, you know, they they play like. Wii Sports, and they think back to playing NES, you yeah. know, and that's what mm-hmm. they wanted. Probably they had didn't, no idea. They didn't know about that stuff. Yeah. They right. didn't know they could hook up their Wii to the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and if they did know that, they probably didn't realize that they could go to that little Wii shopping channel, and for five dollars, they could buy Super Mario. Brothers I think Wi-Fi was it. still magic back then. It was. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Nintendo did an incredibly poor job of communicating the existence of Virtual Console and of you know anything WiiWare related. Yeah. Um, oh, they, especially there WiiWare. were no commercials for it. There was no real promotional effort aside from you know occasional like closed interest media 
days that right. you know about they, games right. that the media didn't really want to cover because most of them were pretty casual in nature and the nintendo thi- just really did a piss poor job of of letting people know about it and if they had put any kind of effort into it whatsoever i'm sure it would have been much bigger yeah. they did no marketing i mean they did it, you know everybody was just like oh man but what if you like bought metroid prime 3 and it came with a download code for the other metroid game and you can you know that would send you to the store to right. buy the other metroid games yeah what if you bought you know or what if it just you know what if there was a collector's edition that came with everything what if they started selling bundle packages like you know for a limited time go on the store and you can get the entire run mario one two three mario world everything you know buy all of them you know for one package price like wouldn't that get people there right and it was a combination of them not having the ability to do it and not having the foresight to do it right yeah i mean mean, you you talk about package deals but stuff like that no one would ever have thought of doing that with digital purchases until steam sales came along like Um, that's i mean yes there were there were no there were occasional things but i mean Yes, but but realistically, like no one would have pursued that business until that that model until Steam came along and said, "No, look, you can make a lot of money this way." Because it just seemed, you know, there was, I think that there was a real fear of devaluing, uh, you know, their properties of yeah. saying, "Oh, well, this is normally worth five dollars, but this week it's worth a dollar." Like I, the, I the think fear. If you go that... back to Retronauts, you will hear me <laughs> talking about. It when when we need a super cost cut. when the cost <laughs> right. of I'm not of talking the about you. I'm talking about I know, but I'm talking I, about but I'm, but I'm stupid. I'm just some guy. <laughs> but you can see this thing I'm from the outside. Random you dude. are not you are not a steward of that's their brand. Right, that's why you go out and you hire people who can see things from the outside, and you like you don't. Nintendo just, doesn't do that. I well, that's they what waited, I'm saying. They wait I'm until not, someone at, at their company says, "Wait I'm a minute, guys, we're saying this thing out there." That is what I am saying. I'm saying Nintendo doesn't do that, and and they could have done that i mean all these problems result from the fact that that's not how nintendo does business and that and what i've been articulating over the entire course of the history of this podcast is that they better (laughs) wake the fuck up and start doing business that way my idea which was kind of simple but i mean if i was you know time traveler hindsight's 2020 i would like sneak um like the virtual console trojan horse onto every system like Here's a copy of Super Mario Brothers. It's on your desktop or your Wii desktop or whatever you want to call it. You click on that. It's like, hey, here's a free old game. Here's how you can get more. The so end. So the, the Windows uh, yeah. pre, pre-install approach. Yeah, pretty much. It's like, here's uh, Spider Solitaire. and Download another game. I don't know. Whatever. No, I mean, a, bundling Super Mario Brothers or Super Mario Brothers 3 or something onto every single yeah would have been a great like idea. In, instead of bundling, wasn't like, there like some Mario? Like wasn't there some Mario yeah. console that came with a disc? <laughs> Uh, like of Mario All Stars, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that have been a better idea? Like, put the the games on the console itself, so people will realize like you can get more of these if you want to. Wow, that's a great idea. <laughs> There's so many great ideas because they did not pursue. My mom uh, does not play video games, but she bought um, the Mario Virtual Console because she remembers Mario games, and mm-hmm. it came with that on a disc, and she liked that. But I mean, she doesn't know that she can go online and you know buy more of them if she wants to. Sorry, mm-hmm. Ray, go ahead. No, what they did was they put special versions of Mario games in a console bundle that you couldn't get anywhere else. <laughs> so. Those jerks. Like that 25th anniversary edition? Oh, the coins say 25. Oh, my yeah. God. Well, they, they never, and then, <laughs> that, they game, never even... that version of the game is not worth $200 for me. And they didn't release it in America, right? No. No. They, 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 oh, yeah, the, the disc alone they the didn't, 20, right? The 25th anniversary one where the coins say 25 was only on a certain system in Japan. Right. Uh, then they did that Donkey Kong, the revised mm-hmm. Donkey Kong, which was only available on a certain system in Europe. 
Although you can get it now for 3DS. 3DS, but not on the console. Right, and but and as a 3DS game, it's it was only a limited release if you like bought and registered. Basically, and this uh, is the and 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 again, this is this is the mentality that it's like constantly fighting against. That they would look at a that they look at a virtual product where they could just put it on their store and just start generating revenue and say, no, we're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. We're not going to do that. I recommend we don't uh, want money. Kids should just hack their own ROMs if they want the special edition. You know, just draw (laughs) just draw 25 on the coin. (laughs) That's my that's my suggestion. Mm, We have to we do have to move on from uh, Wii eventually, but I do want to hit a few more points. Um, could, <laughs> just, I'm, just I'm disappointed they didn't open points. it up to ROM hacks. I would have really loved to have played Wilford Brimley Battle on like, my Mike Tyson's oh. Mike Tyson bite off or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty gross and mega crap. Uh, so I mean, we could we could spend the entire podcast talking about this, but like, what promises went unfulfilled? Uh, Jeremy, you did an entire Commodore sixty four podcast because hey, Commodore sixty four games on the Virtual Console, uh, guys, hooray! What, yeah. what the hell happened? What, what, there was Boulder Dash and, and yeah. uh, Possible Mission. Was Last that? Ninja? I got Last Ninja. Last Ninja. Yeah. Oh, there were a couple something, of Last Ninja games. Karate. Yeah. No. I mean, so there were like half a dozen Commodore 64 games. Yeah. How about those um, arcade games? What, were they 900 oh, points? God. Were they 900 points? The like, arcade they, games were. Yeah. yeah. Each. Each. Right? Okay. Oh, yeah, each. Yeah, yeah. And then there was, was okay, that, the original Donkey Kong, was that was not on there, right? Or was it? No, no, they okay. never did Nintendo arcade games. Oh, right. Again, another totally untapped uh, well, area. Yeah. There's, there's no. Donkey Kong, I think, has, has problems, but okay. other, oh, other, okay. the other games right. could have made it on there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, but they did re-release Donkey Kong for 3DS as like a special super prize or whatever. Yeah, but that mm-hmm. was an NES hack of the game. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or Weird. a hack of the NES Weird. game. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Um, so any other promises that went unfulfilled? I know, like... God, I, I guess TG16. Well, the, the whole promise support. of the whole thing went unfulfilled because they sold people this system predicated on the notion that they would, you know, be releasing these these games over its life cycle. Right. Um, and then as soon as they introduced WiiWare, they they pulled back because I think they wanted to shift people over from Virtual Console onto WiiWare. Um, but WiiWare turned out to be a, a failure because of the way that it was set up. Right. And yeah. uh, as problem. it turns out, there was at least at least there is a motivation for Nintendo fans, diehard Nintendo fans. Even if Nintendo doesn't promote it, doesn't talk about it, makes it really difficult to do and makes it really expensive, these these basically battered women will go online <laughs> and buy these virtual console games. But as soon as Nintendo shifts it over to, now don't buy classic old virtual console games you love, buy effectively this parade of like mediocre sometimes good sometimes buy a really, fancy really calculator shitty, maybe yeah. brand new indie games that you've never heard about and that we're not going to put any sort of work into yeah nobody buys those promise if unless i'm hallucinating this and just making it up i seem to recall the e3 booth at 2006 uh having a mock-up of duck duck hunt and a, a wii remote that was usable as a zapper am i i think you're making that up am i don't I? think they ever showed that they had a wii remote that was used as a zapper but i don't think they had duck hunt oh well they did not i'm sorry okay so, so, so the duck hunt i made up wii but there, there was like the it. idea of using the wii remote as a zapper but no yes. light gun games that ever would require came out. some extensive reprogramming possibly but i mean it, that would all work in the emulator shell i like and your that's dream. what they have to do anyway yeah no, that's true. like all the shells for every uh. game they're they're all unique so mm-hmm. um yeah so so they did 
teased the idea of the Wii Remote as a light gun, light gun for Zapper games, but that never happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I hope you like crossbows. <laughs> and also, they never really promised it, but the idea of playing virtual console games on Wii U just on the gamepad um, didn't really happen. No, yeah, the whole the whole like yeah, I guess yeah, we could the talk Wii about... emulation shell thing mm-hmm. is, yeah. is yeah. Uh, kind of. <laughs> where that went and yeah. now you can buy them for 30 cents and then later for five dollars or yeah. ten dollars if they ever get around to releasing anything for wii u virtual console well that's the thing that is yeah. the big x factor is okay when they when they actually launch wii u virtual console because right now it's in the pre-launch like you know just promotional period they're doing a couple of games when they actually launch it is is the library going to be robust? You know, are they yeah. just going to dribble out games again and then totally forget about it? Or are they mm-hmm. really, are they actually going to do it right this time? No. Um, so that's, that's the big question. Yeah. Because here's the yeah. thing. It's like 10 years ago it was Famicom mini. Cause it was the, uh, Famicom's uh, 10th, uh, 20th. Yep. And then now it's the 30th anniversary and they have the 30 cent games. Uh-huh. Yeah. Is, is that going to get, is there going to be more of that down the line or mm-hmm. is it just going to yeah, stop with that They're going to do that for 30 weeks and then they're done. I yeah. do appreciate the 30 cent thing, but like Chris has been saying, it's just like there's all this content they could have in their store, but they don't. Like I, I have a Wii U that I'm not using and there's nothing for me to buy. Like I want to give you my money. Like, you know, right. the internet meme, take my that, money, please. I, I you know? think, I, you know, honestly, yeah. I think that's why we're seeing this push for virtual console right now because there's no content on yeah. the Wii U. Like, we'll take I your mean, 30 cents at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, 2006, Chris Kohler, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire, Go although on. this is not really holding your feet to the fire. You gave um, a direct Virtual quote. Console, I don't have a direct quote, but you gave it a C-plus with A-plus potential. Okay. Uh, how do you feel about that now, like almost seven years later? I, I feel it did have A-plus potential. I feel like Virtual Console got to A-plus and then dropped off to an F By like 2008? Or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think when Virtual Console was cranking out five games a week, I probably still complained that that wasn't enough and I wanted yeah, to I remember when we yeah. were like, five games this week, right. but one of them is Irvin Champion. Those asses. Uh, right. Oh, I know. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh, Screw man. those guys. Yep, yeah. yep. Careful what you wish for. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I think when it when they first, first, first launched Virtual Console, the, the lineup was not so great. Um, but then... They they really I mean you know the, some of the things that happened on Virtual Console, I mean I think that it, it was like wildest dreams level of things like yeah, sin we, and punishment got coming Rondo to the U.S. Yeah, we got Rondo of Blood. Mm-hmm. You know, we got Mario. We got Mario Two. Um, I mean, some of the things that happened were really really great. Yeah, a few, um, Euphoria. Yeah. A few import games too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was like that uh, My well, Own Secret Castle uh, SNES remake. Or, Yo, no, yeah, SNES, uh, Fantasy. Yeah, 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 sequel. yeah. So that came out. I mean, right. yeah. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the things we thought would totally, definitely happen, like Earthbound, never yeah. did. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I mean, again, I think it went from C plus. I think it. I think it. If not A plus, I think it hit you know A level. Um, but then, but then went down very rapidly after that to uh, to to F. Yeah, for the whole WiiWare shift. Yeah. And I, yeah. Uh, so Jeremy, you gave it a, an A minus minus, technically a B. Uh, what about what about now? How do you feel about um, it now? I'm 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 kind of with Chris there. I think it it got really good for a while, and then uh, it fell into the the sort. Of, it came it, it got a case of senioritis and stopped caring about its grades after we marked it. And uh, yeah, it, the 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 fall off on Virtual Console is is really sad. I wouldn't give it an F mm-hmm. because it does have. I mean, it, there's a remarkable library of hundreds of really good games. Yeah. Hundreds of really good games. Oh, I mean, the grade I would give it, and, like, you know, yeah. for this marking period. 
not oh. Oh, not for the whole not for the whole yeah, I mean, semester. Well, now it's all yeah. uh, now it's all Neo Geo games. So yeah. if that's your thing, then <laughs> right. So right. that's great. Like the Neo Geo fans are being well served. Yeah. But um, everyone else, not so much. It's kind of weird how like the only company releasing uh, virtual console games at this point is SNK Playmore. I they, don't understand that. I mean, it I just, guess they're the only ones that care. They anymore. have the ability to. They still have the games to do it. And yep. I bet you that the Neo Geo fans are so. There's probably just a small group of Neo Geo fans yeah. who are so crazy they buy every single game. But now they're competing against the Neo Geo X. Um, <laughs> it would be nice if they released some of the more obscure and hard to find and expensive games like Kizuna Encounter. That's there's yeah. there's a real lack of that sort of thing. It, it's still there's, kind of mostly like the Magician Lord, Metal Slug One era that's over i mean nintendo is no longer they took down their virtual console new releases page for the wii in japan so we might we snk maybe will release like you know one or two more games or catch the u.s up to japan on the virtual console on the wii but no that's done yeah Mm. Yeah, so anyway i i would give overall virtual console uh b minus c plus uh for the for the duration that sounds fair i would give it a c plus b minus okay i'm gonna (laughs) you know what in fact I'm sticking with C plus. Nice. I think because I'm gonna because... be nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the Paula Abdul and I'm gonna give it a B minus. <laughs> this is like it's getting you know this is like acing the first couple of pop quizzes, um, getting a solid B plus A minus on the midterm, and then showing up for the final exam and just like taking a shit on the floor. And <laughs> I like that. Uh, Ray, I guess so you, you get a C plus. Yeah. I guess you weren't part of the uh, that podcast, Ray. What, what would you say? Like, uh, how does virtual virtual console stack up as like a, this weird seven year project? Well, I I guess like B ish. Uh, the thing was, you know, the long tail wasn't that long after all. No, it was sort of uh, like a platypus tail. Yeah, because you know, with like in context of like right now, it's like you can't play them on the Wii U gamepad, and if you buy a Wii Mini, you can't play them at all. And so there's those kind of considerations yeah. about it now. But I think you know, uh, you know, looking back, it does have a lot of great games. It got all the hits. Uh, then they took away some hits like Donkey Kong Country, but mm, you know they're, they're hitting too hard. They did, you know, have a good number of things that people did like and re- remember. You know, hundreds of thousands of people. So, so before we move on from uh, the Wii and Nintendo, I just want to—I mean, we talked about it briefly, and this will figure into our discussion later. But as far as the Wii U and the 3DS, and the answer obviously is no. But uh, are, are they carrying forward the Virtual Console uh, legacy? And like, what are they? What are they doing? And I guess we did talk a little bit about that earlier. But well, you can play Mega Man 3 on on 3DS this week. Yeah. I, you know what bothers me about the Wii U Virtual Console? What makes me pessimistic about it is that I look at the 3DS Virtual Console, which itself was like, oh, we're gonna do Virtual Console on 3DS. Like, oh wow, great. And then they started doing black and white Game Boy games, and then all but stopped, and then just started churning out famicom nes right games. Yeah. Most again of which we've already seen what's which we've already paid yeah. five dollars each that for why, why are we getting nes Mega Man games and not say the four game boy Mega Man games that were never released i mean they probably they're probably selling better but it's just very it's it's just very flighty you yeah know? it's yeah. just very like oh we're not gonna do that anymore we're gonna do this oh mm-hmm. we're gonna give up on that we're gonna do this it feels like a crapshoot whenever you log into the story like, oh super c okay yeah. i guess yeah, yeah. I, I, wonder, that come it, from? I wonder if they gave up on black and white game boy because stuff wasn't doing very well mm-hmm. but at that point, 3DS in general wasn't doing very well. By the right. time that they abandoned uh, black and white Game Boy games, that was about, about the time that the 3DS started to pick up. And so again, there's like, potential there that they're not tapping. Why are they three dollars? You know, again, know. We, again, we reached this point me. of no, no, it, three it, bucks. Well, we're gonna talk more about. Like, I say, I mean, I say the best ones. Sure, I say they should be like 99 cents for your average black and white Game Boy game. Hmm. And quite frankly, even even you know when they release like 
something super mediocre like Dig Dug on the NES, it's like that that should be like a dollar or two. That shouldn't be five, six dollars. Here's here's the craziest shit to me is that they released Pat like Pac-Man for Game Boy and then, and then did the, it the, the NES, NES version Pac-Man yeah. months later. They did that yeah. a lot of times actually in the Japan stores. They would do that yeah. more often than here, but right. yeah, that's just crazy. <laughs> Who's so, buying that? I, uh, but I, I don't want to. I mean, this is turning into a Nintendo intervention almost, uh, and I hope yeah. people from the company download yeah, this. Yeah, but it's the last retro knots. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, we've have... been our reason of existence. What I'm saying is, we going. have more things to complain about. Oh, so geez. look forward to that. Uh, <laughs> uh, one final point, I want to bring this up with every every publisher console manufacturer we talk about. Like, I feel like Nintendo is the last company to actually care about backwards compatibility. Uh, they don't really give too much lip service. I mean, the whole Wii Wii U compatibility thing, it feels like. It's barely there, but at least it is there. Mm. Especially in light of things like the PS4, I guess. It would have been really dumb for them not to have included Wii U virtual uh, backward or Wii backward compatibility. Which isn't to say that Nintendo doesn't do dumb things, but I mean, right. the processors are basically the same thing, but you know, right. later generation. So it must have been very, very easy, low effort for them to just put an emulator shell in there that said, "Hey, let's make you know system calls to the the old legacy." Mm-hmm. hardware in here at the same time i i guess nah i guess that doesn't make sense i was i was thinking more of the ps2 things but we can talk about that later so i mean we're, I, that's the one thing i think nintendo is still doing right is backwards compatibility uh i mean well, they could again, be doing it's, it better it's easier for them to do it than for sony because right. sony has changed processor families the cell processor had no relation whatsoever yeah. to the emotion engine whereas and, you know the the wii's broadway processor evolved into the Wii U's, whatever the hell it's called, processor. But I mean, were these choices right. made intentionally to facilitate backwards compatibility? Or is it just like happenstance I, that like we're sharing technology? I imagine that it was probably more of a like maintaining consistency of development environments. Like we know this family of processors, we know how this system works. Yep. So we make that more powerful and all of our familiar tools, we just need to enhance them instead of relearning everything everything from scratch. Okay. Right. Easier to switch and your that's, you know, that's why manufacturing the new chips. Yeah. Yeah. That's why both uh PS4 and Xbox, whatever the hell it's gonna be called, are going to be mm-hmm. based on pretty much off the shelf PC components because people know that stuff. It's easy for them to work in those environments. And Nintendo, of course, has to do its own thing, mm-hmm. but it's still yeah. trying to maintain that consistency well, and, I mean, and ease of use. Microsoft and uh, you know the the next PlayStation Four and assumably the next uh, Xbox. I mean, our Microsoft and Sony went to developers and said, "Hey, developers, what do you want to develop on?" And they were like, "Well, x86, duh! Like that would be, <laughs> be the easiest, cheapest thing to do, and especially as next generation game development is going to get so expensive, like." Why not make it a little bit cheaper for us, a little bit easier for us? And it's like, wow, what a good idea. We'll do that. Nintendo does not give an F what <laughs> what developers want to develop Unreal That's, Engine. That feels yeah, but at, at the same time, their um their their hardware family is based on the PowerPC platform. So that's not exactly some obscure. Oh no, oh, certainly system. not. So no, 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 no. It's not like, you know, they're they're doing a Sony PS2, PS3 era kind of thing where they're right. just like, we made something and no one knows how to use it. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. It's more no like, one, here's no some, one's that's here's never some, gonna here's happen. some widely specced, you know, well known, well documented hardware. Have fun. Yeah, that's it. over. I mean that that era of of the the hubristic attitude that you've got to have to be like, we made something incredibly complicated. There's no documentation, but we're Sony so, it didn't work for Sega Saturn, but that's because they didn't try hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get down with sister boards, right? Uh, yeah. Exactly. All right. Now we have to move on, unfortunately. I, I can promise you these next two segments will probably be just as long as the Nintendo segment itself. Because right. yeah. there's, there's, uh, there's less shattered dreams.
We have uh, Microsoft, which strangely enough, uh, XBLA, Xbox Live Arcade. That's strange. It doesn't really feel like a, a place for arcade games anymore. Um, and that that hit the streets. Uh, I mean, when was XBLA a thing? <laughs> it didn't really hit the streets. It hit, hit your console. Was that was that at launch? Was there XBLA? Yeah. Okay, so I feel no, like... No, there was, there was Xbox Live Arcade on the original Xbox. Yeah. yeah. That was originally yeah. what it was. Yeah, and I, at, at launch, there was... Uh, I mean, there weren't retro games at launch of Xbox 360, but Geometry but, Wars was kind of the breakout hit before of the, the Xbox Wii, 360 launch. Before the Wii, this, this, uh, the Xbox 360 was like, here's a new thing you can do with your consoles, like play classic-style games. So can we say right. that yeah. they were sort of like the first, I guess, at least in this... Microsoft. Microsoft, I think, I was guess, the first. Yeah. To okay. No, Microsoft was definitely the first of the consoles to introduce a, here is a service that lets you download for a small fee classic video games. Right. Because they did it with Xbox Live Arcade but on what, the original Xbox. What classic Xbox. games were actually on? Oh, it was like Pac-Man Joust. and things like that. Just a yeah. handful, a small handful. Right. Yeah. But they did it. They saw the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess I guess like with Wii, like with how virtual console shifted over to Wii, where they lost this sort of focus, and then they gained it again in a bad way. So I want to say they sort of lost it back when things like Braid came out and said, "Okay, this is what the marketplace can do. This is what a digital download game on your console can do." Um, and that's where I think things changed. But um, Microsoft Game Room, let's talk about that mess. Uh, mm. And like like Chris was saying, uh, with the prices of the 3DS games, man, those are some weird ass prices, especially because. It seemed mostly to be just a bunch of bad Atari Twenty Six Hundred games. Or at least that's the impression I got. Maybe like well, also bad Konami arcade games. There you so, go. Yeah. So mm-hmm. can this be an argument against against like putting out too much at once to sort through, or what? Like how how would you guys like what happened with Game Room? No, I don't. I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem is just um, they focused more on the interface and the hey, we've got a cool arcade metaphor that you can walk through, mm. and less on you know. Uh, quality of emulation and quality of content and discoverability like it just it was yeah the their heart was in the right place but their business model and their overall interface design were not yeah and they gave up yeah they did they i guess who was behind that or did they run out chrome it was chrome and i think they went bankrupt didn't they yeah sure but microsoft had no contingency plan probably were they originally backbone is that who that is no no somebody else that's uh, an australian okay yeah, got it. Um, so I guess I mean this is not indicative of the quality of all the games in the store, but I, I at the time like Giant Bomb, that's not an ad for them or anything, but I don't care. They had uh, every week they would look at all the bad games that came out on that service, yeah. and um, <laughs> one of the games, and this is not indicative of all of the games, but it was just a Venetian blind like tech demo for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Yeah. You could you could pay three dollars to operate a fake pair of Venetian blinds. That's digitally Venetian blinds. The fact they released that is awesome. But um, they have to pay money it, for but it. But no, it should not have cost money. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like, why, why would, why, why did that, that have a have price tag free. on it? Yeah, exactly. So I guess, um, yeah, maybe, I guess, I guess what you're giving, I mean, the product wasn't that good, I guess. If How did I say. not know about that? That's amazing. It's, That's pretty great, uh, it came out like about a year after the, the, the service started. Oh, I'd started, stop paying so attention like, to it like a yeah, week later. So. Yeah. Do you know, you know what that is, right? Uh, Venetian blinds? Yeah. Uh, I, I'll, uh, beyond what I said, no. Is that... the um, So it was a, it was a programming technique for the atari 2600 they called venetian blinds you ever play 2600 chess the chess game on the 2600 i've seen it i've seen it it's really the um... way that they were able to get all of those chess pieces on the screen is that they would draw the chess pieces like stagger them so they would draw like the chess pieces with one line and then they draw the second line for another chess piece so like two adjacent chess pieces might be the same character mm. but one of them is drawn with the odd lines one three five seven and then the other one is drawn with the even lines and if you look at the game they're staggered and they called that venetian blinds like it you know right, uh, right. As in that this was the technique they were using and then when atari sued i hope i'm getting this right 
when Atari sued Activision because Activision's designers left Atari, they said these Activision designers, they took, you know, proprietary um, trade secrets with them from Atari, like Venetian blinds. And so the Activision guys made that oh, that's where they came from, demo then. of okay. a window with Venetian blinds. And like, I think during the trial, the judge was like, can you show us the Venetian blinds <laughs> technique? And they pop that in there wow. and show the picture of a and window. You with can probably still blinds. buy that for $3. You <laughs> can still buy it for $3. So it's very clever. Mm. And it's funny that they actually released it and put it out there. Um, as this really funny piece of history. Yeah. But you don't charge money for it. it. Should have been like I a... mean, did they actually provide the history for it, or was it just like they I don't just know. dumped it on the service and were like, yep, Venetian blinds. Uh, you know what? If I had to guess, I would say the latter. Yeah. And if, if there was a story behind it, you'd have to like sort through the, you know, the you'd listing have to or walk whatever. Around, yeah. <laughs> virtually right. move over to the wall was, and then press X to zoom in on the. Yeah. That was a bad idea that sounded like a good idea, and they mm. should have realized it was bad, junked it. But still offered the that, game. That for felt people like to play. what people's idea of the internet was like in 1994. Yeah. Like you're going to walk through a virtual store. Yeah. It's going to be really inconvenient. I, I remember yeah. seeing that. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. what it feels like. Uh, I remember seeing that at one of uh, Microsoft's gamer days, uh, like pre E3 events. And uh, Sam Kennedy was so excited about the game room thing, and he was like, "You've got to go check this out." I was like, "All right, this sounds great. I can't wait to you know see all these games that aren't aren't represented on virtual console." Uh, finally getting a, a home so mm -hmm. i went and tried it and there was a dude there who was you know trying to talk to me about how awesome it was and i was demoing it and just thinking i <laughs> i don't ever want to do this i would rather not play these games now i've i've changed my mind <laughs> yeah. how do i get and out? i just i just kind of stopped paying attention to it and i think i actually think that um we we took some flack on retronauts for not paying attention to that but it was just such such a disappointment and such a misaimed idea yeah mm -hmm. that i i i didn't want to focus on it i'd rather you know i i preferred to focus on things that i could actually be upset about as opposed to being like uh, <laughs> uh backgammon for commodore 64 came out yeah. who's excited <laughs> like there, there's no there's no positive or negative there it's just like oh yeah okay that guys, exists thanks so, like I said, there's not really a lot to talk about with Microsoft because I feel like out of the, all these, the three we were talking about, they have mm -hmm. like the least identity, and I don't even know what their Microsoft is doing yeah, now. They have Microsoft has no stake in this. Yeah. Like Microsoft at this I point, mean, they, they have no history or whatever, right? Yeah, and they also they don't need to pursue the uh, a classic game download service at this point. I think Microsoft is just off, you know, doing. Uh, yeah. Microsoft has major other things to kind of worry about. Yeah. Dude bro don't want no classic games. <laughs> no. Well, they'll, they'll remake Halo 1. They want so a pretty tunnel. Yeah. That's their classic game. Right, I mean, right, right. at some point, we'll get a like a really cool console version of Microsoft Flight Simulator. Mm -hmm. Maybe like with the original game hidden inside of it. But that's about it. <laughs> yeah, but ultimately, it's not about... I mean, Microsoft... It's not, not, yeah, it's they, not... They have no legacy of their own. And it might be a really good home for like classic games by third-party publishers, but it's just it's just not a priority for them. Right. So I don't, yeah. I, I, it's not, I it's not Microsoft's nothing. wheelhouse, basically. Yeah, like things like I think some highlight points were like the Banjo Kazooie uh, remake. I think was really good. Uh -huh. I like the original game, and so same with the Perfect Dark remake. Like those yeah, are so those are good. So how come we haven't seen like the entire rare Ultimate Play the game uh, back catalog? That is strange. Yeah, not that I necessarily want to play the original Jetpack. Although I guess that actually is built into Jetpack mm. Remixed or whatever the hell mm. they called it. Uh, but but there are all those old games. It would be interesting to have stuff like Saber Wolf on the system. Microsoft is that. not interested in the, in the long tail strategy for for downloadable games. You know, mm. they they try they they kind of made a half hearted attempt with Xbox Live indie games, which they then ditched. You know, um, isn't it still like hidden in some like cobweb it's, tomb? It's there. On the interface? You can upload games to it, but yeah. they just they don't, they 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 just didn't do anything with it. Right. And Xbox Live Arcade is still married to this um this slot system 
where Microsoft has slots and then certain favored major publishers have slots, but you only can bring out a certain number of games per year. Right. Um, so indie developers, indie developers have a real problem with getting their games onto, onto the Xbox. It's just not a priority. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, one last point about Microsoft is the fact that they completely screwed backwards compatibility. It's like, uh, out of all of these, uh, these, these manufacturers, console folks we're going to be talking about, I feel like they were the most hardcore about their stance on backwards compatibility and that like, no, it's not going to happen. Well, it might happen well, in little spurts. So but, the thing well, about they... Microsoft is that, again, they're like the, the hardware didn't have hooks right, right. for backward compatibility. They went from an x86-based Xbox to a PowerPC-based Xbox 360. So to make Xbox games work on Xbox 360 took a tremendous amount of effort. Right. Yeah. And even the games that were technically you know, allowed for backwards compatibility, a lot of them run like crap. I was really excited when KOTOR finally made it. I was like, I'm finally going to play this game. And I got about 30 minutes into it and was like, I am tired of the slideshow. It was yeah. <laughs> janky and bad. I can like, tell you, Bioware, uh... Bioware makes some pretty technically bad video games but my god i played like I the, played, the 360 uh, version of of kotor was just it was nauseating i played halo 2 recently on xbox 360 and there were a lot of bugs a lot of mm -hmm. problems if they can't get that running right i know i know what you mean i know what you mean jeremy but it felt like that was like a message to, to the future like each console will be its own thing. I, I think the fact that they even tried is kind of surprising yeah. because that was something that was just not built into their hardware plan, and they did it because I think there was demand for it. Right. They, they, they perceived they, demand for they it. They correctly perceived that um, when you're trying to launch a new console, offering backward compatibility can be a real boon for for early adopters, mm -hmm. um, which is something that Sony 100%. I mean, we'll get to Sony later. Right, that's next. That is something that is a wall they're going to run into with PlayStation 4. Yeah. Um, but Microsoft correctly picked up on the fact that it's easier to get people to buy your new console if you communicate to them like this psychological and monetary investment that you've that you've made in this old console is going to carry over. You're just you're just upgrading. You're not you're not being asked to abandon everything and switch over. Right. I, I, I don't know. I, I agree with you, Chris, but I feel like the old Xbox games are like the least playable games because you a you need like a thirty pound console to run it. No, and then like... I didn't say it had to work. Okay. I said they had to <laughs> yeah, tell people that it's backward compatible. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. definitely a crutch. Yeah. And uh, honestly, Sony took that same approach with PS3. Like they, I guess we can move into right. let's, PlayStation let's, Three now. Let's let's take a short break for music. Let's take. Let's talk about Sony. Uh, so, Jeremy, what were you saying? Yeah. So, with PlayStation Three, Sony went, you know, all out, balls to the wall mm -hmm. with with the crazy specs on the original PS Three. They built in the Emotion Engine, the PS Two processor, to the PS Three completely superfluously at great just, expense. At great expense, <laughs> just to get backward compatibility in exactly. there because they mm -hmm. knew that people didn't want to upgrade to a six hundred dollar. PS3 and get a second job so they and, can afford uh, it yep. and have <laughs> to abandon their entire PS2 yeah. library. And they so said 100% with that. perfect PS1, PS2 backward compatibility. Yeah. And uh, my, I cherish my launch PS3 because oh, yeah. it is the only way, the only legitimate way to play PS2 games in uh, progressive scan. 
So it's the only way your PS2 games are going to look really good. That's true. It upscales them. Oh, my, yeah. At yeah. first, it was really bad, but they released some patches. They, and... So they there was a bug yeah. uh, when it first came out, and this led to a legendary... I, I'm going to call it legendary interview between me and Jack Tretton. Go for it. Um, so <laughs> no, no. It was... Tell us about your legend. I will. I will. I will. The legend of Chris Kohler. Uh, so this is the, Chris the, Kohler, no didn't sets. The year was aught six. I'm there. Um, and uh, when the PS3 uh, came out and they were like perfect backward compatibility, it when it, the first version of the firmware did something really weird and it like flipped a bunch of pixels. So it would flip pixels, groups of pixels, like upside down or mirror them. I think it mirrored them. So you'd put the game in and it would be super jaggy and weird. And uh, people were like, look, if you take a screenshot of this and then you flip these pixels, it's correct. So it's all broke. And it's like, Sony, you stupid idiots. And so <laughs> then I asked Jack Tretton about this. And I was just like, hey, so people are saying that, like, the backwards compatibility is kind of busted. You know, do you guys realize this problem? Are you going to fix it? And what he said was... You know, I would like it if my car could fly and make me breakfast, but that's an unrealistic expectation. Jesus. <laughs> was he like, now we have to go yeah. to stores and find PS3s because I swear to God they don't exist on store shelves. That was the, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but they fixed but they, it. They did they fix fixed it. it. Yeah, they and did now, fix it. They fixed it. Now the PS3 is an amazing, it is the best way to play PS2 games yep. outside of like, you know, a really high-end PC with mm. a great emulator on it. Well, the PS3 you can't, you can't buy anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh no, yeah. they they phased those out after like a year. Yeah. Because they like, were like, uh, oh god, no, it wasn't even. It was like a year. six months. It wasn't it was even like a year. The following they, winter, they right? They never was... launched it in in Europe. They mm. never launched that version. They moved immediately to a version that only did software backward compatibility. Okay. Or actually, it was a it was a weird half software half hardware thing. They took out one chip. Left yeah. it, I don't know. But it but it was broken, and a lot of games are busted mm. and don't work just like the Xbox right. 360. Um. But they never launched it in the UK, and they removed it off US store shelves. Yeah, I mean, the original vision for PS3 was to make the system that did everything, which, you know, the, that tagline didn't actually show up for a few years. But, oh, I mean, yeah. that was the idea. It was yep. supposed to be Ken Kutaragi's, like, dream. It was just the ultimate console. Everything you could ever wanted to do, it would do that. You want four HDMI points... <laughs> Brother, we are going to give you <laughs> four gonna... HDMI oh, ports. No. I have no idea what you're going to do with them. But... 30 USB. No, they built in a, a, a router, not router, but a, a LAN switcher. You'd be able to like use the PS3 to like you know plug in two LAN cables right. or whatever and use it as a switcher. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. It was yeah, crazy. They, they were crazy, but most of that didn't actually make it into the final system. No. But they did keep the emotion engine in there, thankfully. Yeah, they did. And there was some precedent <laughs> for that because the PS2 very cleverly used the PS1's uh, processor, the the original PS1 processor as the I/O controller. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was built into the system and allowed perfect or almost perfect uh, backward compatibility with PS1 games. And it was not a great expense. And it actually like it had a function in the system beyond just letting you play PS1 games uh, because you know the the memory cards I think were pretty much the same technology. So yes. it was all driven by that. But, um, you know, the Emotion Engine was completely superfluous in the PS3. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when it came time for them to reduce costs and, you know, provide a reasonably priced console for the masses who didn't want a second job, mm -hmm. um, it yeah, that was the first thing to go. I, and it never, it didn't get down to reasonably priced, but they got it down to like $500. Jesus. Yeah. Right. 500 US. I, yes. I would have gladly paid extra for that Emotion Engine because to me, like, that was one of their biggest mistakes. As someone who likes older games, and at the time, PS2 games were not old. They, they were still coming out. Like, right. Persona yeah. 3 hadn't come out. Persona no, I mean, 4 hadn't come out. You, that's, if, the, that's the dream for playing Final Fantasy 12. that's for sure. Yeah. If mine ever breaks, I'm gonna fucking suck I it mean, up and buy another one. I don't think 
like I'm crazy to say that the PS2 had one of the strongest libraries of all time, and th- the fact that they yeah. just cut people off from it that probably had the biggest library of definitely all time of like else. yeah. Well, once I mean maybe they should have yeah. done it for a little bit longer, but like once you're out of the launch window, like once you've moved past you know that sort of awkward launch right of where a you, system, once you get to a point where you actually have games for that system that are worth buying that aren't layer, you can you can pull back on <laughs> the backward compatibility <laughs> because that that core group of people that you really you know you, that you want to switch over and upgrade has now Sony did it too early right but after a fact i mean you know they they took uh backward compatibility out of the wii and by the time that they did with, with gamecube right you know yeah. by the time they did that nobody cared anymore yeah right and that's that that's essentially what you do but i, I mean i see what you're saying but i think the ps2 had much stronger you know install base than, than the gamecube but i know why people wouldn't yeah. care after a certain amount of time after a certain yeah. amount of time you can pull back on i mean it was um the the dsi took out the Game Boy advance port that's right yeah. and b- by the time that, that we got to the dsi it was okay you could take out the Game Boy advance yeah, port like, like nobody i can, I can live anymore. without it yeah mm-hmm. but having the Game Boy advance port in the ds that was a huge deal right yeah. but yeah. i mean in recent years actually i think it was like october 2011 this started happening you can now download ps2 games from the store what kind of black magic yeah. is at work that I can't that I can download your game on the store, but I can't pop in a disc? Like, what's happening? That's because different. Because what you're downloading is a is an emulator right. that's like has been and not even I mean it's an emulator. It's just a, a shell. Yeah, basically. and they've gone in and they've they've made a lot of tweaks. Is it on a per game basis? Thing? It's like Virtual Console. I mean, yeah. every everything okay. has to be done on a per game basis. I, I wasn't sure yeah. about that. Like, I didn't yes. know. Like, is there something like weird going on? Can I like I don't know. I, no, I mean, just there's, a reason, there's a reason that F-Zero on Wii U is 39 megabytes, and it's not because yeah. the original ROM is really, really uh-huh. fat. It's because they have to go in and create a special program package that a, will run that game and, and deal with the individual quirks of that game. Right. There's also a big fat PDF for your uh, instructions, if you, want, if you want to read that, right? Right. Oh, in the oh yeah, stuff. that's true. That's like 35 megabytes yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Black magic has but been resolved. Not, but what you're talking about is not backward compatibility. Exactly, it's right. Selling you old games. Yeah, which is um, like uh, their crappy way of saying, right. oh, no, they're still here. But And, and yeah. people get confused because, well, first of all, I mean, Sony with the PlayStation 4 came out and said it's not backward compatible with anything. Right. Um, which is, I mean, quite frankly, it's Sony ripping the Band-Aid that is cell processor <laughs> off as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. You it's know, more like, like a tattoo removal. But... It's like, yeah, yeah, oh no. Yeah, yeah. you're right. It's, it's like, like a having, long and painstaking process. It's like having your ex-girlfriend's name tattooed across your <laughs> neck, basically. They're just like, okay, fine, take it off. What's going to cost? $5,000? Fine. Let's do it. That is what they had yeah. to do. And they had, they had to suck it up and say it's not, they know it's going to be a hit. They know that they're going to take a hit Um from people going, oh my god, I can't believe, not only can I not transfer over, not only can I put my discs in the PlayStation 4, yeah. but I, but all this PlayStation Network content that I've paid all this money into, it now, I can't transfer it over to my new system, you know, like what yeah. am I going to do? They realize that, but it's so, it would be so painful for them to continue on with the cell and not shift over to x86. They right. just, they have to do it. They're just, right. they're paying for the sins of the father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, Pretty much. Yes, the, but, for but, the sins of the father of the PlayStation. But at the same time, I think they could they could mitigate the pain of the consumer a whole lot by taking a very fair and uh, generous, actually, approach to the PS4 streaming that they've made such a big deal about. The idea is that every PlayStation family will be streamable yeah. with PlayStation 4. That means PlayStation 1, PSP, yep. PlayStation 3. Mm-hmm. It means PlayStation mobile games. Supposedly, yeah. We'll see how this actually pans out because they made, I'm sure there's all kinds they made of licensing a very big involved. deal about it and people are very excited about it. it but is, if yeah. they, you know, if they give early adopters some kind of super discount or if they look at your PSN account and say, you right. own all these games and we're going to give you an mm-hmm. awesome price break for your yeah. subscription to PS4 streaming. Right. 
I, I like. I, there's I, a lot of potential totally. there for having a much much greater access to a much vaster library than you have now for a pretty reasonable price. But yep. again, that that's contingent on Sony actually saying, "Hmm, can we afford to you know make some cost cuts at least for the early adopters?" Yeah. In return for winning their hearts, is it is it worth that to the bottom line? I mean, I think everything about that that idea of that all you can eat buffet of PlayStation content, making everything available everywhere and every Sony device, the things that Sony talked about that press conference. I mean, I like almost every facet of that whole thing except for one. The only problem that I have with this is that it's fake, doesn't exist, is a total lie, and they're just trying to snow everyone. Yeah, I mean, I like it. You can talk all day long about Gaikai. Gaikai doesn't exist. Gaikai <laughs> lets you play demos of Alan Wake on Facebook, but like the the infrastructure <laughs> right. that you need to serve yeah. streamed games to the entire Sony community on I mean, demand, the not, whole not just game, that. all the time playing. Final Fantasy PS4 5 for will 40 be... hours at a stretch over streaming and every other millions of people need to do Wait, it. Uh, PS4 is it will possible? be the SimCity console. Oh <laughs> my God. Is it possible to do it? Not sure. just that, Chris. But, people, but um... they seem to have gotten it into people's heads yeah. that like, this is coming. Yeah. If it's not at launch, then at least it's going to be in the first year. I mean, It I doesn't did... exist. <laughs> I didn't believe it for a second. But it needs to. It needs to exist, but I don't believe it will for the same reason why I have PSP games I can't play on my Vita. How are they going to mitigate that problem? I mean, is it is are there rights to video streams? They you have to, like, yeah, well, again, oh, that's I, a that's a it's a weird hard, like a compatibility thing. Yeah, but that's I mean, not a oh we don't want you to be able to play that. No, certain things are like uh, you have to relicense it for the platform. Right? Oh, 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 right. Like, like in cases like that, like I can't play Metal Gear like um, Portable Ops on my Vita, but I can play the UMD version. Yeah, on Yeah, well, PSP. I mean that's that's what I said. You know, there there are yeah. the licensing issues, and uh, apparently you have really really stupid publishers like Square Enix who are like hmm. Do we want to sell people Kingdom Hearts and Crisis Core again? Mm, nah, <laughs> we know thousands of people would buy that, but it's mm-hmm. just not worth the trouble. Right, and we'll talk more about that PS4 stuff on our future mm-hmm. discussion about the future. But is uh, this not the future discussion? Uh, yet? We're almost the future discussion. This is the that's, that's this the is wrap the, up. This is the past of the future. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're yeah. still in the past of Sony. Oh, and God, uh, I'm so confused. Just a few things that they did do right because we, we immediately started like launching into them with attacks. Uh, one thing I think they did do great is that like if you buy a PlayStation One game, you can play it on your PS3, PSP, and Vita yeah. without having to do anything. It took crazy. a while for the Vita, though. Yeah, it did. Um, but that's every PS1 game, as far as I know. You can do that with. There I mean, are a few that aren't compatible. Okay. Yeah, there's at a least couple last stragglers, but it's most of but them. But I mean, yeah, yeah like yeah. Final Fantasy V, which also was not... You couldn't play it through the PS2 backward compatibility. Yeah. There's something with that game. Yeah, I think it was the same way on the, on the actual... Well, I think, I think it's it's called, the console I think itself. the problem is called Tose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I know that was a problem on the console itself, so you can't actually uh, like emulate it or whatever on PSP. Right. or yeah. Okay. That's okay, because I'd rather play Final Fantasy V Advance. But that no, is... Fi- wait, isn't Final Fantasy V, can't you run it on, on PSP at least? You might be able to. I but, thought you could. I thought it, it was it out does on have PSN. Some, it has some quirks. Ugh, but I mean, I did, I did want to give Sony that much credit because that, that's something that I really like about what they're doing. Because I, I think mean, I think you I can get Final have... Fantasy V on Vita in Japan. It's just not uh, here yet. Uh, maybe so. It might have been so. a problem with the they... localization. Yo, could be. It might have been just the U.S. version of Final Fantasy V that wouldn't work on PS2. Wait, you mean, I, you I mean think the U.S. localization of Final Fantasy V was crazy, done by right? Chuckle Fox who had no idea what they were doing? Oh, wow, crazy. Um, yeah, I think it would have been really nice if Sony had taken slightly more active a role in, um, you know, in getting PS1 games on, on PlayStation Network, especially in the U.S., where you had a lot of games that were released in Japan and just not over here because of licensing issues or whatever. 
um, I don't know. It, it's frustrating to look overseas and think, oh, well, you know, we could have that, but we can't because like, of reasons. I would, yeah, there are many games uh, I would just download in Japanese if the chance was there. And I guess it is if you want to pull some strings and get a yeah, credit card and all that stuff. It's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything else you want to mention? Like, the, the I think that Sony did a great job, um, I mean, especially in Japan, with loading up the PS4 oh, yeah. archives. Once they got rolling right. on it, oh my god, there's so many games on PS1 archives in I Japan. Know, stuff like Einhander and Saga it's Frontier. It's crazy. And, oh. and then, well, I mean, okay, are those games not on there? Yeah. Okay, well, no, you know in, what? In there's, Japan. In, in Japan, Japan they are. Yeah. In the U.S., they, they just... I mean, you know, they dropped the ball really for a long time, and they finally, have a lot of they Disney finally games, got it going again. But they, they, it's it's not enough of a priority. But there are a lot of games in the in the U.S. And yeah, you're right that just the fact that it was just like, oh yeah, well it, it works on Vita, you know. Yeah. Um, and it I, did, now it took them a while to get that going, and then when they and then when they did it, it was like, oh well, it's just going to be five games at a time or whatever it was. Because, yeah, that was that wasn't I mean, even that really a problem. Too. That was just stupid messaging because it turned yeah. out, oh, lots of games actually work. It's just Sony didn't mention it. You have to, yeah, and then you have to. Yeah. Yeah. If you go through all these weird hoops and it's just like this is this is not you're not doing it right. Um, and then they didn't let people. I mean, you know, they didn't let people transfer UMDs uh, in in America. You know, you couldn't transfer your PSP UMD. That's games right. That was a that was a copy. thing in Japan. Right? That was a thing okay. in Japan. Yeah. Yes, I did a thing um, called eBay and it worked out pretty well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. Um, resale prices but, on uh, PSP games. I feel like they're not that high unless, I, unless they're the like one, Atlas the ones RPGs. Uh, I'm interested in playing are actually generally pretty valuable. So they're like all Atlas. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I think Sony is very lucky right now that that it was kind of you know it did have some foresight as far as like you know getting ps1 games working on vita because they do have a pretty substantial uh catalog and you buy a vita you know for all the no vita games that are coming out you can download ps1 games like oh I and psp oh, but, you know vita is an amazing system oh, sure. for everything that's not vita yeah yep yep they did not go with that tagline <laughs> like sound shapes and gravity rush and mm-hmm. then the entire psp and ps1 archives well, not yep. the entire but dozens and dozens chunk. of games yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so i mean they i sony took them a little while to get rolling but i think that they um right now have a great archive and i hope that they continue i guess they didn't really set us up for anything they, they kept their expectations measured i guess that's what it feels like with sony at, least, at they, least as far as classic gaming goes that's true they promised nothing delivered nothing right. and then delivered something yeah yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> it's time for our final discussion we can keep this brief um so basically uh, you can agree or disagree with me on this this is just this is the premise i'm going with so the way we consume entertainment has changed since 2006 when all this stuff has been rolling out uh in my opinion we're less likely to buy individual items and more likely to buy access to like libraries like netflix spotify hulu what have you and jeremy i think in the last podcast maybe this one you said that's the future of games is the sort of like library system that kind of the ps4 is promising but only with its own games uh, how do you guys feel about that? Do you think that is the future of not just classic gaming? Well, we can start with classic gaming. Is that, is that the future of classic gaming? I mean, we went on this entire conversation without mentioning GameTap. 
I mean, I, that was a uh, that that happened, yeah. And I, yeah. Even, I even wrote for them. That was a pre-virtual console initiative, right? It had to be. It was pre. I, yes. I remember. Yeah, it, it was. was. Well, well, yeah. Was. Yep. I mean, they advertised on TV. I remember like Dig Dug and Street Fighter talking to each other yeah. and uh, Ted Turner. Who's Street Fighter? What's, I mean, the Street Fighter characters. Oh, okay. <laughs> Die Hard and you know, uh, Street Fighter and Metroid. Yeah. yeah. They had they had big ambitions for that, didn't they? Can I, can I break your NDA about Game Tap? Is that okay? Didn't <laughs> I they didn't even remember anything. Those they royalties you, like, I thought that I they had you writing now. the English language like instruction manual for like uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga. They might have. Because I think that they did because I think they had ambitions to bring Panzer Dragoon Saga to, to Game Tap. Yeah. Didn't happen. I think I knew that somehow, so I don't yeah. think it's a secret. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. But the thing is, I mean, Game Tap was way ahead of its time because it was an all-you-can-eat service, but you still had to download the individual games. Right. But it was also, people just weren't ready for it yet. There was like, no... people didn't wrap their head around right. the idea of why this would be a bargain. I don't think Netflix Instant Streaming was out until, like, 07, there maybe. Was, right. You know, there and, there was even, uh, before Game Tap, there was, I want to call it, like, Star Games mm. or something. There was some kind of service that they tried to sell, like uh, Atari Twenty Six Hundred downloads. Yeah, and the, that that didn't go anywhere at all. The craze was the craze had not happened yet. Right, like right now we're in the middle of like people love playing like, Nintendo Super there were, Nintendo There were pl- games. plenty of profits in the wilderness, mm-hmm. and uh, they all ended up beheaded. Yeah, and uh, I think it it kind of took some of the major players stepping in and serving it to the right audience, namely Nintendo yeah. with their like ravenous loyal audience. That's true, and and. For as much as I really want to stress that, like, you know, the the PlayStation 1, 2, 3 libraries on PS4 are are baloney and don't exist yet, um, it will exist at in some form in the future, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, and that this is the perfect way to do backward compatibility because you don't have to render the games on your device anymore. It doesn't matter right. if your device can't natively render them. Um, because that, and, and this is like, it's not just consoles. It's like every console, like Sony could serve games that were on the NES by running NES platforms on their end and just, and just streaming. The so games really Nintendo should go third party and just <laughs> exist as a streaming service. You're onto something. Right. All right. Yeah. The, the downside to the streaming library concept is that it destroys the concept of ownership. Mm-hmm. And that's something well, that what I What really is ownership these days? I, well, the, I mean, the concept of ownership that. has already been destroyed. But, I think corporations have made sure that we The can't... idea of having possession of a game that no matter what kind of outages or yeah. licensing changes you encounter, mm-hmm. you will always be able to play. Mm-hmm. That's why I like owning Blu-rays instead of you know waiting for something to show up on Netflix and sure. then hoping, I hope I can watch this before it, they lose yeah. the license and it disappears. Mm-hmm. There is an advantage to that. I just feel like the way things are moving, that's going to be more and more of a luxury, like buying personal entertainment, like mm-hmm. buying, a, buying a Blu-ray as opposed to, you know, like any of your... Go, go ahead, Chris. Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I'm sorry. I just wanted to talk when you were done. Oh, no. I, I was like... I was going off track. I, I, I mean, think as... that there are some things that I would want to buy on a on a disc and and own or on a cartridge and mm-hmm. own. Um, but uh, I think that the vast majority of the content that's out there, because I think one of the problems with like Virtual Console or even PS One archives, this doesn't really scratch the the surface. I guess PS One archives scratches the surface pretty deep. But you know, there's a lot of stuff out there, Atari Twenty Six Hundred games, what have you, that we don't want to pay to own or to own the license for you just want to try you know like venetian blinds right venetian (laughs) blinds and so the the subscription model if if the the amount i mean game tap they ask you to pay a subscription 
for a very very small grouping of content right, right? yeah netflix actually that's why you and me and ray and jeremy that's why we all subscribe to netflix because it's not like a subscription service for like two movies it's a subscription service for like you know tons upon tons of different content some of which you actually want to watch yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. and and what i want to watch is different from what you want to watch but it's enough for us <laughs> to pay the same subscription fee right if we get a gaming service that does that you will subscribe, and I will subscribe, and everybody will subscribe. Oh, definitely. So do you think, I mean... So, oh, go but, ahead, Jeremy. But, but here's the thing. Like, I don't know. I, I like the idea of having access to a game when I want that game, and that's mm-hmm. not always possible with a streaming service. This is a and different if thing. We, kind of, but, I mean, if we look at Virtual Console yeah. or, you know, uh, PSN... The entire IRIM catalog is no longer available for yes. purchase. You can no longer buy R-Type or R-Type Delta on those yep. services because IRIM vanished and went into just being a pachinko company yep. and backed entirely out of games and let those licenses lapse. And now those of us who downloaded R-Type or R-Type Delta, we can still play those games mm-hmm. because they're on our systems yeah. and we can re-download them. Oh. But no one can actually buy them again. No one has access to play them. I don't and think I see is... that as, you know, like when that becomes the future, how is that necessarily better than having to buy things individually? Like that, that that's really problematic to me. I don't the think idea this is that... the inevitable future. I think that this is a future. Right. Like you how is it not inevitable? subscribe to a, sc- a streaming service because oh. you could also just download oh, sure, the sure. thing and have it offline on your, on your system. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. This feature doesn't have to be all streaming it's, video. It's just both. like a but, game library. Yeah. It could be any. Yeah. Any but form. even so when, when things are digital content, then there's still the inability to, sell them to a used game shop and buy a copy 20 years later right like we can buy old famicom or nes games now and and play them forever but you can't play you know a game that's been delisted from psn because it's it's just gone i think now we're just more talking about the fate of physical media <laughs> kind like, of it is, it is I mean, wrapped this, up in this, this deeply yeah. affects retro gaming i mean at some point these old systems these old cartridges they're going to die yeah. well yeah that's going to happen regardless though i mean right. does it does it bother you that like cd has has made way to digital format for music no, I'm I'm ha- well, kind of because um, the the digital distribution for music is mm-hmm. like low quality, and I like having the CD quality audio. Okay. But um, you know, besides that, no, I don't mind buying digitally. Mm-hmm. But again, like having access to that music, once you buy the license for it, once you download it, it's yours forever, or at least until yeah, your machines stop working. Well, because it's DRM free. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you can bring it along yeah drm you. is an idea on music whose time has come and gone yeah and, thank god uh, so maybe that's at the one same of the... time we're seeing more and more of that in games yeah so maybe that's one of the future that we're that we're hoping that we're gonna see more drm free downloads and uh, i mean you know it's it's been it's been successful for good old games.com right so, right and it, oh, it god, works yeah. for it works for old games but mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. ray anything to add you've been a little quiet yeah i don't know what, what's in the future what's what's the future hold for us ray <laughs> I kind of want to say that the future has been around for 20 years because we have emulators Ooh. and people have every single game from the past I was ignoring generation that or so. just, just yeah. to be polite. <laughs> but I mean, I had my like Netflix for video games back when I was in high school when I was downloading every yeah. ROM and like yeah. trying them out. Right. So I mean, I mean, there's always that option if, if you want to do so it that here's way. What, here's what I've been doing and I, maybe I'll talk or write about this in, in more detail later, but I have been, uh, I ripped a lot of my PS2 games onto my computer and just sold them all because they weren't as interesting as the ones I did want to keep. 
Right. So I'm just kind of going through like a self-curation sort of thing. I'm actually doing the same thing. Like I don't have a GameCube or a PS2 hooked up anymore. I just emulate right. those systems because my computer does an amazing job at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, my basic thing is I want my game collection to sort of, you know, highlight interesting things that sort of reflect me and not just, you know, everything that I was ever interested in playing. And, you know, the rest of it's on the computer and it plays all right. Mm-hmm. And, and if it doesn't, it ul- may later. Ultimately, we have to uh, hope that companies will realize that if, if what people are doing is stealing the games, mm-hmm. then they would provide a work, they would continue to provide a workable alternative. That's what, like what Steam is. Like, yep. If it's not, if yeah. you don't want it to be considered abandonware and you don't want people to just, you know, sort of pirate it um, as much as they feel like, you should provide a workable alternative for right. them to get those products. Because um, I just got this tablet. It's a Nexus 10. And um, within five minutes, I had downloaded Earthbound <laughs> yeah. and an SNES emulator. Look at Earthbound. It's yeah. like, you know, we, we complain yeah. about Nintendo not releasing Earthbound on Wii U. It's This is the shut up and give us money part of it. It's like, look, if you want to play Earthbound, people are just going to download Earthbound yeah. and play it. It's not like they it's can not even copy out there. It. If they really want to play it on a Super Nintendo, they can copy it to a flash drive and play it on their Super Nintendo if right. they want to go nuts about this, you know? It's like this just it's just money that they're losing. I think this is talking about more like, you know, rather than having to download an emulator, like having somebody do it, what is the benefit of not pirating? You yeah. know? It's it's getting that full experience, having somebody really, really lavish a whole bunch of care um on the emulator, on the shell that runs the game, you know. When you when you download the ROM of Earthbound, you might run into a bug or two during the emulation. But if you buy it from Nintendo and you play it on an official system, you know that a team of professionals has gone through it and made sure that the experience is going to be what you got on that old console. Right, it's and that's what, that's what I'm paying Minus this the money for. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but that's you know that that's why you're getting this <laughs> yeah. money essentially because you're promising me a, a better a better way. And that's ultimately what this is going to be about. It's going to be about. Yeah, you could just download these things, but you you want to pay us money for the official version because you're gonna have a better experience. Yeah, I mean, I'll gladly pay ten bucks for Earthbound. Just let me let me buy it. Right. <laughs> you know, right. let me buy a lot and of I, things. And I think that's gonna be it's gonna be you know hosting the file locally on your own gaming system so you can play it while you're offline. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be access to an all you can eat streaming, um, play whatever you want, but you don't own anything. But it's okay because you can play whatever you want. Um, it's it's the reason why we own videos and have Netflix, and it's the reason why we um you know we 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 copy things to our iPhones so we can watch it in the car with no internet connection, and we uh you know we we watch things with a constant internet connection when we're in our bedroom. Yeah. Right. So it doesn't have to be all or nothing. We can still no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, the the future is wide open, and yeah. I, it, I mean we'll certainly uh have a lot of things that we have not even conceived of here on Retronauts. Right. Time cubes. Yeah, futures time cubes. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> I don't know what they are or what they do, but there's gonna be a lot of them in the future. So look out for those. I think we've covered everything, guys. We found on my Google glasses. Yes. I, I think that even if PlayStation Four isn't backward compatible, they need to get working if they have not already on an emulator for the PS One archives stuff, mm. so that if you have bought those on PSN, you'll be able to re-download um, PlayStation Four versions on playstation 4 because i think that that is i think that that is doable like i understand if you can't port journey to the playstation 4 so easily but ps1 archives they should really get to work on kids are getting old i think the newest nostalgia is gonna be for ps2 generation stuff with this uh, new gen so yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. ps1 still 
Yeah, PS1 and 64. Mm. I think well, right, yeah, now, right now, now, well, kind of, but right N64. now it's really like 16-bit nostalgia that's mm-hmm. hitting hard. That's, that's If you look on eBay, that's where the prices are rising oh, fastest. Man. There's, like, there's a Neo 16, Yeah, 16-bit right games right now are just like, they're crazy expensive. Okay, yeah, I wish I had held on to my Super NES stuff for a couple more years because I'd be rolling in It's going right crazy right so now. We have to wait for the kids. All of the people, like the people that, that are not like, like I, you know, I know a lot of the big gaming collectors you know what i mean like i go on gaming collector forums and things of that nature but like on neogaf there's a big thread right now where people are like i like tons and tons of people are keep bumping this thread up and it's like oh i have a super nintendo collection they have like five games so like i just got a great deal on castlevania 4 i paid 30 dollars for it wow like Like, oh man eight dollars yeah right um so right now it's super nintendo nostalgia and And not even nostalgia like these are people who were not born when the Super Nintendo. Yeah, I was going to say out. that's yeah. like uh, yeah. twenty plus years. It's the game. But you know, you know they, they grew up and their big brother or their parents had right. that system, and they remember seeing it as a little kid, and they yeah. played that game because yeah. you know when you're a little kid, you can't afford to have your own system, so you play whatever is around. It was and it was what you had when you were five, six, seven. Right. right. But even if you, even if you, even if that's not what you had when you were five, six, seven, even if you have it in a sixty-four, people are buying Super Nintendo, which. Quite frankly, I'm willing to put the cap on yeah. this right now. Retronauts, mission accomplished. Yeah, because, we did because, it. We because did honestly, it. Honestly, I mean, I think people understand. But when we started this podcast, it was considered very, you know, it was weird. a niche, weird thing. Why JRW was like, get the hell out. Yeah. Why are you talking about and playing these old games? Oh, isn't that cute? You guys like your old games. But now I think it's just, I think it's really appreciated across you know, all the gaming media that's out there right now, yeah. you know, all the outlets will, will do stories on retro games. I mean, and a lot of players will still play these games, like understanding that like these games are not just like good for their time, you know, they're good now and they're, and they're superior now to a lot of games that are and, coming out. I mean, also what we think of as eight and 16 bit games has now become the official like video game aesthetic. So if you show someone a picture of like mm-hmm. pixels, they'd be like, Oh, it's a video game. Yes. Or like you, they hear the sound. It's like, Oh, it's a video game. So people don't associate like PS one or PS two with video game. They think of like, Oh, you know, pixels and 2d and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. That it wasn't, it was considered to be like 2d was like, Oh, we've left 2d behind. Right. It's now moved into 3d. And isn't that quaint? It's like cave paintings, but like, <laughs> no, it's an actual style of artwork that is appealing in and of itself. Fundamentally, right and now it's back yeah, yeah but it, yeah. it took it took a lot of indie game developers to get that point across that's true. and then and then you know large game developers saying oh look at that thing that's cool well was... i mean digital distribution helped indie developers mm-hmm. get those get that stuff out there and yeah it was great you know it was a it was a, it's been a great you know six seven years for uh for retro gaming aesthetics it's been progressive the games themselves if you don't mind me saying this jeremy i remember a certain website you had that was devoted just to 2d games oh yeah and like the that year 2000 a long time ago and that that got no traction was that the year 2000 or it 99 was. or something but it felt like that was serving a purpose that doesn't really exist anymore right because we were okay with 2d right? yeah yeah no at the time it was like no look these games they're sprites and they're nice and they're different than what you're playing and you're paying a lot of money for now and you should pay attention and uh, when I changed my site over from what it originally was, was just kind of like a general interest gaming and culture type site, the the traffic dropped from like five, six hundred views a day to about 150. Oh, I like was probably one of those guys. Instantaneously. <laughs> like people were just like, oh, I don't care. Yep. It was it was really weird. So that didn't last very long. But know. now they care. Yeah, well. It's 2D back, baby. Too you'd bad be, you missed out, folks. You'd be getting like a thousand <laughs> views a day now. I know, right? <laughs> That's mm. fat Google bucks. Okay, let's wrap up the show. Like I said, if you want a sappy finale, go to Retronauts Live episode 50. <laughs> I did a sappy finale. Everyone cried at the end because I, I ended with the with the Jim Frank's really sad story. Of course you did. Oh. And uh, she gave me permission. I felt kind of weird about it, but she said, go ahead. And everybody liked it. So thank you for your kind comments, everybody. 
Uh, we are at Retronauts on Twitter. We're still at Retronauts, so follow us. We're still going to be doing like um, some updates and Tumblrs and all that yeah, good I've stuff. Yeah, I've been posting stuff to Tumblr, and that cross links to Twitter, and um, we'll do some stuff on Twitter. And yeah, there's still a, there's still a thing going on. We are not dead. We still have some sort of web presence. So we have a, we have a YouTube us. channel that mm -hmm. we never use and right. a Facebook page that we never use. It's great. We will soon we're, be we're almost connected using to social them. media. Yes, we're, we're <laughs> not doing anything with mm -hmm. it. We will soon be almost doing, be doing things. So, as I said, uh, we are at Retronauts on Twitter. I am at Bob Servo on Twitter. How about you guys? Where can people find you? I'm RDBAAA. Yeah, you lost the underscore. When did that happen? Yeah, uh, a week ago. That's cool. Very nice. Congratulations. <laughs> streamlining. Just streamlining. <laughs> that was a scarlet letter against you, Cut, right? Cutting out the fat. Scarlet <laughs> underscore. Yes. Getting rid of the dead weight. I'm at Kobun Heat, K O B U N H E A T. That's Kobun as in the Servbots from Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Yay. Um, and uh, Heat as in hotness. Oh, I'm a little lost in the second concept. Not as in the Miami Heat? I thought it was like a tiny robot oh. basketball player. That is adorable. Isn't it? Jeremy, where can nope. we find you? I believe the proper term is adorbs. Oh, ador adorbs? Adorbs. <laughs> Can just I say adorbs. that? Okay. No, you can't. Uh, I just did. I'm sorry. It's, it's like as absorbs, but one of the letters is flipped. Adorbs. Um, Where are I you? Am, I am at GameSpite on okay. Twitter. And this is not the final episode of Retronauts. You, you can listen to it live in person if you want to come to PAX East. Sunday, Where Sunday, only Bob will are you, be there. Are you recording Marty's it? going to be there. It, it's going to be recorded, so oh, okay. I'm going to find uh, a way to put it out. People in this room, All right. only Bob will be only there. Only I yeah. will be there, but if you can come to the Merman Theater... And that's on Friday, the 22nd, from 7... Watch, watch Retronauts, Mom! Uh, that was not an official endorsement by Merman? That, was, that was the Merman Theater. <laughs> okay. That was... uh, so, yes, the Merman Theater, Friday, the 22nd, from 7 to 8. That's a pretty cool time. Uh, it's going to be me, Marty... <laughs> that's a great time. It's going to be watching time. Friends, but it's no, you're going to watch us. You can watch Friends reruns. I think, according to Jim, is on that, that time now. So, it's going to be me, Marty, <laughs> and John and Joy from RetroWare. The topic is retro games we want to love. So, we're going to talk about games that are beloved, but we kind of hate them. So that'll be fun for everybody, and you guys may be able to mention your own hated games that other people love and get beat out and shot and etc. I don't know. Wow. I, I can't say what kind of violence is going to happen. We'll try to protect you if possible. So, okay, guys, I guess we're done. Uh, thanks for joining me for this episode. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks everyone I'm, for listening through all of our dry, that, boring ramblings. Well, my dry, boring ramblings through the years. I didn't mean to make that like, question. I was just figuring out if that was a good way to end. Just a generic thank you. Oh. oh. Help, help. How do, we, how do we get out of this now? I, I just want to thank everybody for listening to me yell about Virtual Console for that long. Yeah. Like That's I said, a I, long time. I want a Retronaut supercut of all the like, Virtual Console complaining. Yeah. Like, it'd be eight hours long at least. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be part of it, too. Yeah. We're just, just all the fucks. So, I guess I, I, all I have to say <laughs> is uh, thank you for supporting me in uh, taking over for Retronauts. I really appreciate it. And um, I love all you guys. Ray, any final thoughts, comments? Love you, too, man. <laughs> Thank you, Ray. <laughs> you done good. And um, yeah, and thanks for putting up with us. Yes, we appreciate it a lot. And like I said, don't keep, uh, don't lose track of us. And we will see you again in some other dimension One later. We'll always live in your hearts. Okay, yes. bye. Bye.